presented by Google. Good morning, Playbookers. I am Deputy Editor Zach Stanton. It is Friday, December 15th, and here's what's driving the day. Well, so much for Senate Christmas. As negotiations plow forward and the vague outlines of a deal linking Ukraine aid with security on the U.S.-Mexico border comes into view, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer announced yesterday afternoon that he is shortening the chamber's planned holiday recess. There's what Schumer is saying, which is that the upper chamber will vote on President Biden's supplemental request next week in hopes that there's a framework border agreement in place. There's what many Republicans are saying, which is that negotiators are nowhere close on a deal. And there's what the negotiators themselves are saying, like Kirsten Sinema, the Arizona Independent who aligns with the Democratic caucus, who told our Hill team yesterday that, quote, I can see the deal. We have a lot to go to get there, but I can see it, end quote. Whether it will manifest in a real enough form that anyone else will see it remains the million-dollar question, or if you're Ukraine, the $60 billion question, as it were. Meanwhile, as the status quo seems to reign in the presidential race, with Trump leading Biden in head-to-head matchups and Trump trouncing the other Republican candidates as we inch ever closer to Iowa and New Hampshire, political obsessives are getting their fix of campaign news in the rapidly developing special election in New York's 3rd Congressional District. Now, you may not know that seat from its number, But you almost certainly know the man who, until very recently, represented it in Congress. That would be none other than Mr. George Santos, the Republican who was expelled from the House recently as he faces a number of federal charges related to alleged fraud and campaign finance violations. And joining me now to discuss that all is Emily No, the author of New York Playbook. Emily, how's it going? Good morning, Zach. Thanks for having me. It's going well. Glad to hear it. So the race to replace George Santos is sort of coming into view here. What should people know? Well, the Democrats for about a week now have had their nominee set. That's former Congressman Tom Suozzi, who represented that district some time ago when it was a little different than it is now. But the Republicans have finally chosen their nominee for this race, and it is Mazi Melissa Pillow. Compared to Suozzi, not as well known, but a very compelling backstory that her allies say fits this political moment. She is a Nassau County state legislature who is an Ethiopian-born Jew who served in the Israeli Defense Forces and really comes into sharp view in, in, at a time when the Israel-Hamas war is very much in the headlines and something she's talked about. But she hasn't been vetted properly by the public. I know that the Republicans in Nassau County and Queens have had a very aggressive and intensive process when it comes to reviewing their candidates, interviewing them, going through background checks. But we've dug up some dirt on our own. Tell me a little bit about that. What what have you dug up? So Mazi Melissa Pillip has been elected to local office as a Republican, but she remains an enrolled Democrat. Uh, it's not a deal breaker. And actually, former Congressman Pete King tells me it actually might help her in a House district that's a little more left leaning. Um, so local leaders are sort of in the same boat where they are elected as Republicans, but they were they stay on the rolls as Democrats. Uh, additionally, just recently, I've been looking through court records and I found that her husband's medical practice where she served as 
a director, an operational director of sorts, has uh, been sued in New York State court for about $70,000 in back rent, allegedly, uh, as well as about $500,000 in rent so owed on the lease. A Nassau County spokesman uh, for the Republican Party there tells me that it is an ongoing litigation between that private business uh, and a landlord is sort of indicating that it has nothing to do with the candidate, Mazi Melissa Pillip herself. So, you know, the, the special election here for this seat is slated to take place on February 13th. I know that in recent days we've seen news coming down the pipeline that uh, that there will be redistricting in New York um, and and you know, all the districts that are currently drawn will be redrawn. So what is at stake here when we look at the special election uh, coming up at just a little over a month from now? Right. So it's not the expectation that the lines will be redrawn before this February 13th special election, which I should note, by the way, is going to be very much in the national political glare, a very expensive race where candidates' coffers will be filled by uh, special interests by outside groups, because this district is a, a key to who controls the House come 2025. But after the special election is done in February, the June primaries, the November general election, those could take place under uh, boundaries that are, are different from what they are now. They most likely will favor the Democrat a little more. And it seems that both parties will, you know, with the House so closely divided, not only be making a strong play for the seat, but also looking at it potentially as a uh, flashing warning sign <laughs> to one side or another, uh, you know, a, a, site, a seat that will be sort of latched on to in the national coverage. Oh, absolutely. As a, as a place that could tell us something big about the 2024 election. Yeah, absolutely. as I said, the 3rd Congressional District is a little more left-leaning, a district that went for Joe Biden, but also a district where that and surrounding areas, they've elected Republicans to local offices at, at the county level, at the state Senate and assembly level. And Republicans have really sort of declared this part of Long Island uh, a red territory. So if indeed Swazi is victorious come the special election, yeah, you're right. Democrats nationally could declare that that they have the momentum on their side and that when it comes to looking forward to 2024 and then local races thereafter, that really they are on the winning side of certain issues. Well, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for joining us, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. And for your schedule today, the Senate is in and the House is out. In the morning, President Biden will receive the president's daily brief and in the afternoon, he'll have lunch with Vice President Kamala Harris. The music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Callan Tansel Suddeth is our podcast producer. Annie Reese, Mike DeBonis, and yours truly are our editors. I'm Zach Stanton. Thanks for listening, and have a great weekend. <laughs>